Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer. And today we are talking about the recall campaign against California Governor Gavin Newsom. You know, if you'd asked me a couple months ago if Newsom was going to be recalled, I'd have said the chances were slim. But things are changing. And new polling out this week shows that likely voters are split about whether to boot Newsom. Breaking that down with me today are two journalists who have been covering this since day one. The Chronicle Sacramento Bureau reporters Alexi Kossoff and Dustin Gardner. A lot of people just figured that Newsom would ease through this the way he did in 2018 when he won by record margins. And so people have not really been paying attention, not really been considering whether they need to vote, when they need to vote, all these questions. Newsom Shop has really decided that if they're going to motivate Democrats, they, they kind of have to scare them a little bit about what the alternatives might be. And now here's our conversation about the recall campaign against Gavin Newsom. Alexei Kosov and Dustin Gardner, welcome back to It's All Political. And we still have a name for our segment here. And I've been asked uh, uh, not to use the names I floated during the last time we recorded this. I think I was asked by two people and their names are Alexei and Dustin. Welcome back, boys. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We could call it the capital check-in, maybe, something like that. That's, that sounds like a, a bad motel or something, doesn't <laughs> All right, it? I'll keep, I'll keep uh, Let's brainstorming. Keep, keep, keep whiteboarding. Uh, now, in the early summer, uh, many people, including some we know and talk to every day, thought Gavin Newsom was going to easily survive this recall. But there is some new polling out that shows that uh, we have a race in our hands here, and Newsom is far from secure to, to survive this. Alexi, you wrote about the Berkeley IGS poll that was out this week. Uh, how much trouble is Newsom in and, and what did it say? So the poll showed that even though things have been, remained pretty stable among the electorate as a whole, um, showing Newsom, you know, fairly comfortable, fairly, you know, good approval ratings among the broader California population, among those who are really paying attention and likely to show up and vote in this recall election, it is a close race. Uh, in the most recent numbers that we saw, 47% of, of likely voters said that they would vote to recall him and 50% said they would vote to keep him, which is nearly within the margin of error in the poll and tells you that right now it's looking like this thing could go either way. And that is not a position that I think anybody except maybe the most optimistic recall supporters expected to be in it at this point. I, I wrote a column a couple of weeks ago about the, the difference in voter enthusiasm where I was talking to uh, union leaders who were doing focus groups across the state. And they said, you know, and they're, they're talking to undecided members of their union uh, and they, they all oppose the recall, but they said that they uh, think, well, I'm not, probably not going to vote in it. He doesn't need my help. Why is that the reason? Why is there this lack of enthusiasm among Democrats to, 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 to even vote in the recall or support Newsom? I think there were a couple of uh, major trends that emerged from this poll. Um, one is that just in general, you know, Republicans have been more fired up about this recall from the beginning. It's a Democratic governor and the people who want him out are largely Republicans. And so 
they just have more invested in this effort. Um, you know, the second issue would be the one that you touched on. It's exactly right that in a state as democratic as California, where there's nearly twice as many registered Democrats as Republicans, a lot of people just figured that Newsom would ease through this the way he did in 2018 when he won by record margins. And so people have not really been paying attention, not really been considering whether they need to vote, when they need to vote, all these questions, and they are just paying less attention and and less invested. And, and the last thing would be that, um, you know, there's a lot of Republicans who are running to replace Newsom, and there's no prominent Democrats who jumped into the race in the end. You know, this field of 46 replacement candidates that we're looking at has, you know, folks you may have heard of like Larry Elder or Caitlyn Jenner or John Cox, but all of them are Republican. And so a lot of Democrats are turned off by their options and, you know, just aren't as enthusiastic about showing up to vote because they don't want to vote for any of the potential replacements to Gavin Newsom. I was, uh, Dustin, I was listening to the radio yesterday on the on a drive into San Francisco, not, not a podcast. And I heard, uh, two anti-recall ads from the Newsom people. Uh, and they are, they're, you know, they have so much money to spend on this. They, they will be swamped uh, over the next few weeks with this stuff, but they were both very Trump focused as in talking about the Trump backed recall. And, and we all know that uh, invoking Trump in California is very powerful. Two out of every three voters here voted against him, voted for Joe Biden. But he's not on the ballot. Do you think this is this an effective strategy? Why do they keep milking the Trump cow? Yeah, I mean, it really seems like the Newsom team has leaned into that strategy lately, especially, you know, kind of earlier in the summer, they had they had a series of ads that were really talking about, you know, the states roaring back and they were, um, you know, promoting the state's budget surplus and the tax rebates people are supposed to start getting um, later this year. And it's been interesting because the tone um, has kind of shifted more back to that emphasis on the Trump presence and the idea that this is like a Republican steal or Republicans trying to abuse the process. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people are wondering if that really is the smartest strategy for them because, yeah, Trump is not on the ballot. He has not campaigned for any of these candidates. Um, but it seems like Newsom's shop has really decided that if they're going to motivate Democrats, they, they kind of have to scare them a little bit about what the alternatives might be. Um, they can't just say, oh, we're coming back from the pandemic because things aren't looking great, um, you know, especially at the moment with the Delta variant spreading. And, you know, maybe a lot of people feel like while things are better in some ways, it's not like, you know, their life, um, especially, you know, their finances have really bounced back from the hit they took last year. Um, and the governor rolled out an ad um, today, actually, with Elizabeth Warren, you know, the well-known progressive Massachusetts senator. And she was taking that same tact of really, you know, framing the recall as this Republican led effort to try to subvert the will the will of voters um, and in the other ads that they've been running talking about the Republican steal they those have been you know just blanketing primetime TV I've been watching the Olympics this week on NBC and on primetime you know almost every commercial break there's something about the recall it seems and so it's just it, it seems to me that yeah that they're they've decided they have, they have to scare people to turn out um, they can't just say things are getting better um, that they need to make them afraid of the alternative. We'll have more of our conversation about the recall of campaign against Gavin Newsom after this short break. And now, here's more of our conversation with Alexi Kossoff and Dustin Gardner about the recall campaign 
against Gavin Newsom. Yeah, speaking of it, when you say talking about roaring back, uh, or as the governor says, roaring back. Uh, on, on the day we're recording this, California reimposed universal masking for all residents in, in all public uh, indoor settings, regardless of whether they have had the vaccine or not. And that follows with uh, similar guidance that the uh, Centers for Disease Control said on Tuesday. Since this is the all political podcast, Dustin, how does masking affect uh, Newsom's recall chances? Doesn't it? Does it? Can you say we're roaring back if we're wearing a mask? The walk we have to wear a mask to go to Safeway. Yeah, I mean, so, so the Berkeley IGS poll. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Alexi, but those numbers show that there's pretty high approval for his handling of the pandemic among voters as a whole. Um, but again, this is this effort is could be determined by those who turn up and that's you know in a lot of ways republicans are more energized and republicans in particular have been often motivated by concerns you know their 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 fears and their concerns about the state's pandemic response and just kind of you know guttural resistance to mask orders and and vaccine orders um and so I, I think, yeah, in that sense, it could, you know, sort of embolden Newsom's critics to f feel like the, the state is constantly shifting on, on its pandemic restrictions. So I don't think, I definitely don't think it helps the governor. Uh, but with, but again, if voters by and large as a whole turn out, I think, uh, you know, it seems like the majority might not be that turned off. I mean, it, I, I, there's been an interesting sort of, you know, conundrum here too. Um, one thing that I've uh, seen is that the recall organizers themselves have not really been going after Newsom as much on the pandemic stuff because they they are seeing the same polling that shows that as a whole, you know, Newsom is pretty well regarded in terms of his pandemic response. And so you are seeing, um, you know, them float issues like crime, homelessness, these other things where he's getting much worse marks as the big issues. Separate, you know, it's a, a separate thing with the with the replacement candidates themselves. Some of them have sort of jumped on this mask, this new mask recommendation, which, you know, is not a mandate, but, you know, is kind of feels like it's heading in that direction. Right. And and tried to make it into an issue themselves. But um you know, I, it, that may just be a, a matter of political instinct rather than following any particular polling or anything like that that they're seeing. Speaking of crime, uh, this is uh, I'm working on a crime column coming out and um, State Senator Brian Jones, he's from Santee in uh, San Diego County, Republican. He, he likes to do you guys are familiar with this. Say, uh, uh, are you kidding me? He just, you know, he has a series of videos where he just, you know, he, he rails on something and says, are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. So this one's, today's was on, did you see today's, uh, are you kidding me? No. I, I, uh, I'm going yeah. to, I'm going to play it, I'll play you a snippet of it. It's on crime. We'll talk about it on the other side. I'm going to play you the recording of it. In some kind of fantasy land. Then again, the wealthy Gavin Newsom has had taxpayer funded around the clock security, usually police, for much of his life. So what does he really know about the threat of crime? He's never had to worry about property, he's never had to worry about his family, and he's never had to worry about his life savings, so why should we be surprised? One of my predecessors in the Senate used to say that since Democrat party leaders abandoned law-abiding families in favor of criminals, the best thing that you can do to stay safe in California is to... To get a dog, to buy a gun, 
and put an alarm system in. Uh, that was uh, that last voice you heard was uh, former state Senator uh, Joel Anderson. Is that an effective message, uh, the, the, the crime message? And, and, and that one sort of loops in Newsom's uh, elite uh, caricature uh, in it too. What, what's, is that, are we going to see more of that? Is that going to be what we're going to be seeing over the next six weeks? It's interesting, like Republicans are really leaning in on that. Um, and it, there's obviously been all the viral videos nationally. Um, they've gotten a lot of media attention, particularly in conservative circles. Uh, but but what's what I find intriguing about it is just the fact that if you look at crime stats themselves, there are areas where crime is up in a few areas, but generally speaking, we're at 20 year lows for crime um, throughout a lot of parts of the state still. And so this is kind of, um, you know, in a lot of ways, more of a perception issue. And it seems like the Republicans think that people seeing these these videos repeatedly on the local news or Fox News, that, that, that that's resonating. Um, but, it, but I think that's really just about turning out their base. I don't know that that really helps them win, win over many independents or Democrats. All right, let's talk about uh, some of the actual candidates um, who we who we learned uh, more about public perceptions of them in the IGS poll that was out this week. The uh, early leader is Larry Elder. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he is a conservative, uh, longtime conservative talk show host. He has never held political office before. He was the leader. I think he had, what, about 18 percent of the vote. Uh, former San Diego mayor Kevin Faulkner had 10 percent, along with uh, John Cox, a San Diego County businessman who uh, was the a Republican standard bearer in 2018, and Newsom beat him by 24 points. 40% of the people in this poll were undecided. What There's going to be a debate. First of all, Dustin, you can tell us a little bit about Larry Elder. Who Who, who is this guy? Yeah, I mean, so he, he's popular in conservative circles. He has a radio show that broadcast out of LA on one of the more conservative radio networks. And he's on Fox News all the time, and he has books, and he does speeches and all these things. But outside of conservative circles, he's not really well known. Um, and I met up with him about two weeks ago when he he was in um, Sacramento launching his candidacy, and he was going to do doing the rounds with reporters. And this was before any polls had come out that you know really showed he had um, much you know much momentum. And this was actually before we even knew that he was going to be on the ballot because there was a moment where it looked like he, he might not be on the ballot, uh, but he won that lawsuit. Um, Larry Elder won Secretary of State zero. Um, but um, yeah, so when I met with him, he had some interesting views that he outlined. Um, and the area that really stood out to me was race. He talked about, uh, you know, he, he's a black man. Um, and he, you know, he said that he really doesn't see race as a major problem in America anymore. And in his eyes, the biggest problem really is a lack of fathers um, in black households. He said, you know, households that, where children are raised by a single mother, they're they're more likely, um, you know, the kids that come out of those environments, in his view, are more likely to engage in crime and are more likely to be relying on the welfare system. And so he felt like, you know, really the solution to racism in America and racial disparities in America is to have more traditional households. Um, so I think that's just kind of uh, an example of his views that a lot of maybe a lot of voters don't really know that much about him yet. And so I think. I'll, I'll definitely be watching in the next month um, to see how much people really get to know who he is. And I think we'll probably be doing a lot more reporting about that. Yeah, he's a, he's a libertarian, uh, as he very much in the libertarian camp of republicanism. And he wants to pull the whole social safety net out. I mean, he wants, you know, uh, to to have not very many uh, uh, so-called entitlement programs. And uh, I think, uh, what, again, once, as you said, much uh, a broader 
swath of people know him. He, well, I'd be curious to see how his poll numbers go. And at this point, we won't get to know more about Larry Elder next week because there is a there's an actual our first one of our first big debates will be at the uh, Richard Nixon Library in lovely Yorba Linda, uh, California. Have, have you guys been there to the Nixon Library? I can't say that I have. No. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> road trip, road trip. Uh, yeah, I have been there. It's I. You know, I like there's a there's a section where you have they have. Um, uh, statues, life-size statues of the various world leaders that Nixon has interacted with. Joe Stalin, very short man. I can uh, <laughs> I can actually shoot over him, I believe. But th- at this point, this uh, debate will only feature Kevin Faulkner, as we mentioned, former San Diego mayor, John Cox, Assemblyman uh, Kevin Kiley, and Doug Osi, the former congressman from the, uh, the Sacramento-ish area. Uh, Elder has will not be there. He will be at a fundraiser in Bakersfield. Uh, his campaign told me it was long scheduled, but then I talked to the people at the Nixon Library. I said, no, no, he was he was going to come. Then he pulled out, and he still may show up because his uh, old friend Hugh Hewitt, who is uh, head of the Nixon Library and a, a, a fellow conservative commentator, is still in negotiations with him. What do we? What do these guys need to do? And it is all guys, uh, all white guys. Uh, need to do at this um, debate to sort of differentiate themselves. They can't just, you know, rip on Newsom for a couple of hours. I guess they could, but well, it's, what's the I would expect a lot of that. I would, I would definitely expect that to be the biggest thing that you're going to hear, to be honest, because, you know, the, the, the large, you know, the prevailing theory essentially for, for recall supporters is that they should band together and use their combined powers essentially, you know, like some Captain Planet team, you know, to to take him down, right? Um, they sort of figure that each of them brings sort of a niche of support from different regions of the state, different, you know, across the ideological spectrum from the more business-oriented moderate end to the more conservative end to the libertarian sort of uh, types and that that will draw in enough people to sort of push the recall over the edge. So actually one of the things that I'd heard from, from the Larry Elder campaign too, is that he's essentially not interested in participating in any debates because he doesn't want to be a part of a quote unquote GOP firing squad, right? That he will debate Newsom who, uh, you know, I would remind you, they're not actually running against Newsom. They're running to replace Newsom, but you know, he will debate Newsom, but he won't debate the other Republican candidates. Um, you know, it's sort of an interesting place to be in. I think some of them have tried to differentiate themselves by putting out proposals. I mean, you've seen some coming from Faulkner or Cox or, you know, even Doug O.C. on issues like homelessness, like the drought, like wildfires that they think will resonate with voters. But, you know, you've got a standard bearer now in, you know, in Larry Elder, who's at the head of the pack, who basically seems to be coasting on name recognition and is not that interested in in putting forward a platform he he seems to be perfectly content to sort of cruise along in the campaign on on his reputation and and his name yeah and i I, it's interesting you know within the republican um candidate field cox and faulkner have really torn each other down it seems like in the polling numbers to me i think at one point cox was higher uh, before elder got in but those two have really gone after each other but that's really been kind of the only intra-republican warfare that we've seen so far 
And, you know, a lot of them are saying, you know, let's all focus our firepower on Newsom. And, and while they're saying that now, it ultimately, you know, someone's going to, if he gets recalled, someone will win on that second ballot. And I, I think we'll see a lot more of an effort to start clipping away at Elder's numbers, um, and, you know, and maybe some of the candidates that have been in for a little longer realize that their, their time is very short and they've got to do that to get ahead. Uh, a reminder for everybody that when you get your recall ballots and you will be getting them in the mail, every every California registered voter will be getting them in mid-August. Uh, you will have two questions on that ballot. The first question, do you want to recall Gavin Newsom? The second question is, pick one of these folks to replace him, one of these 46 folks uh, to replace him. Okay, boys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, and until next time, uh, we will continue the whiteboarding to find a name for, for this uh, recurring segment, uh, uh, someone that, a name that is suitable to all the parties. Yeah, listeners, if you have any good ideas, send them to Joe. I'm expecting <laughs> that he's going to have something good for us by next time that we're on. <laughs> Okay, yeah, send send them here. Okay, guys, thanks so much. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Okay, talk to you. I'd like to thank you all for listening and hope that you and your families are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank Alexi and Dustin for being here today. And really, you got to send me a name for the episode starring these two. We got to come up with something here. I'd like to thank Taya Francesca Price for producing today's episode. And a shout out, of course, to our theme song that you're listening to right now. That song is called Cattle Call, and it's written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Crow Song. And remember, no matter whether you want Gavin Newsom out of office by September 14th, or okay with keeping him around until his term ends a year later, it's all political. <laughs>